0: Quantum Error Correction, what it is and why it matters. I'm Tanya Hall and joining me is Dr. Zyra Nazario, Technical Lead for Quantum Theory and Applications at IBM Quantum. Welcome Dr. Nazario.
1: Thank you, thank you for having me. It's great to be here.
0: Well, thank you for joining us. Give us a brief summary, if you will, of your professional background and tell us what you do at IBM.
1: So I am a condensed matter theorist um, by training. That's where my, um, I did my PhD. And more recently, well, I mean, it's been over a decade now um, that I've been, um, I, I transitioned from condensed matter theory to quantum computing. Um, I've been in the field of quantum computing for about, um, you know, over 11 years. Uh, joined IBM Quantum in about four, five years ago. Um, to work in quantum computing theory and applications i focus on quantum error correction and you know i i am now um, you know working with a wonderful group of very talented theorists not only on error correction but also you know um, quantum circuits um, algorithms and applications of quantum computing
0: Well, then you won't mind that we like to get a little geeky here on the Tanya Hall show and this episode might just raise that bar. Tell us about the nature of quantum circuits and what is error correction in this context?
1: Yeah, so, you know, um, if you think about, you know, the problems that uh, quantum computers, um, you know, can solve problems that are intractable for classical computers, right? Like um, for example, modeling quantum mechanical systems in nature, chemistry, physics, um, algebraic problems um, that are relevant for machine learning or factoring, um, sampling problems and things like that. Think about them at the scale that you need to solve them in order to do things that classical computers cannot do. And that requires a very large number of qubits and a very large number of operations. Right. When we when we talk about quantum circuits, um, it's very it's, it's essentially the same thing as uh, a circuit in classical computational theory. Right, it's the series of operations that you apply to the qubits in time um, to execute uh, you know the, the algorithms that that you want them to do. So it's kind of like the unit of quantum computation. Well, you know estimates are that quantum algorithms to solve problems outside of that capacity of classical computers, require about like billions of logical operations or more um, executed on like hundreds, thousands of qubits. So that means that we need to have less than an error in a billion operations or less. But as you know, you know qubits are very sensitive to the environment and to noise. Um, and that causes them to lose their information and spoils the operations that we apply to them. And the larger the computation, the more errors accumulate and cause those computations to fail. So that means that we need to find ways to correct those errors faster than they, than they can accumulate. And so, you know, you could say, well, you got to unlock the full potential of quantum computer that you can only do if you have a fully Error corrected, or what we call a fault tolerant quantum computer. Now, you know, classical computers also experience um, these types of things. They also experience errors, and you you need error correction in classical computers as well. And the way that you do it there is by using redundancy. For example, you can encode the information um, in several copies of bits, and you can use a majority vote um, there. But you cannot do that with quantum computers because, um, you know, one, you cannot clone um, quantum information. And two, that, you know, the act of measuring the quantum states alter them. Um, But what you can do, and here's what um, quantum error correction codes, you know, actually are, is that you spread a single qubit worth of information over multiple physical qubits. And then you use some other helper qubits that you entangle with the ones that contain the data. And then those helper qubits let you um, learn enough information about the signatures of the errors so that you can detect and you can correct them. And that way you can build those reliable quantum computers out of unreliable components.
0: Are quantum errors a natural byproduct of quantum physics? Are they more due to the relatively young state of quantum design and manufacturing?
1: You know, there's a, a quote that I really like um, uh, that uh, says that anything that is not prohibited is mandatory. And so you have like all these states and they can interact with the environment and it's not prohibited, so it's mandatory. They do, right? They talk to, to everything essentially, and they are affected by everything around them. So you, that causes the, the coherence of the information. Um, also remember that in order to apply the operations, you send microwave pulses to control the rotations of your qubits. And sometimes, you know, those pulses that you send to do a, a gate between two qubits can alter um, neighboring uh, neighboring qubits in ways that you didn't intend. So it's a it's a function of like you know these systems like you know um, the complexity of building systems of multiple qubits. And it happens. It's not a unique to quantum computers. Like I mentioned, um, it also happens in classical computers. It's just that, um, you know. It's it's easier to correct them in classical computers. It also, um, classical computers have gotten like really, really reliable. So we need to also improve the hardware, improve the control electronics in order to get higher reliability and higher fidelity and lower that error rate in our systems um, up to some threshold. And as long as we lower the error below that threshold, then we could apply these error correction schemes that then can let us execute arbitrarily large um, circuits um, as long as we are below that, that threshold in error.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling, wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So looking forward then, how do we, how do you see, in fact, us addressing the error correction challenge? What breakthroughs might yield maybe the best results? And What kind of time frame might we be looking for for these things to happen?
1: So we there are um, two main things that we need. um, Quantum hardware that has enough um, physical qubits with the right connectivity so that we can implement these error correction schemes. And as I mentioned, we need to lower the error rate um, in the operations in our devices to be below that threshold. But something that I, you know, we also need to reduce as much as possible the cost of implementing error correction, meaning we need to reduce the number of qubits and the number of operations that are involved. And the reason I mentioned that is because the codes that are considered to be the best candidates for the hardware that we currently have, um, those have an overhead for doing these um, large scale computations of practical interest that is really prohibitively large, right? It it increases the number of qubits and operations that we need to do by several orders of magnitude. And so, you know, we we really, really need to find um, error correction codes that are more efficient, that can correct more errors with less resources. We need to be able to use those codes to do logical operations. You'll hear a lot of people saying, um, we will have a logical qubit by I don't know in the next two years or three years or whatever. Um, what they mean by that most of the times is that they will protect and covert information. And yes, we need to do that, but that's just a memory, right? That's that's a logical memory. You can't. You need more than that to be able to do useful computations. You need to be able to do. Um, operations on that information that you're encoding in the memory. So we need to be able to use error-corrected quantum circuits. Um, By about 2023, um, at IBM Quantum, we expect to have a system with a little bit over a thousand qubits. That system, we see it as a very important point because it will get us closer to um, implementing these error-corrected machines Um, It will be large enough that it will let us start testing um, error correction schemes, seeing how they perform, um, seeing what engineering challenges we we encounter. And importantly, um, it would allow us to start testing more efficient error correction codes. Now, I also want to mention that um, it's not that you cannot do anything until you have like these fully error corrected machines. There's a lot of things that you can do Um, in between, you know, we have to be, um, we have to be leveraging um, all that computational capability of these machines as we build at at every step of the way as we move towards um, fault tolerant machines. And we can do that by improving the quality of the hardware, you know, in size, in in fidelity, in capabilities, but also by having breakthroughs and innovations in theory so that we lower those um, requirements for solving useful problems. And so you'll see um, a point where they will meet in the middle. High hardware and theory will meet in the middle aided by software and will be able to do um, solve practical, um, useful problems with, very, with limited error um, correction by using heuristic um, algorithms that can be implemented near term with shorter circuits And by using techniques that mitigate the errors, not full error correction, but mitigate them using classical means so that it allows you to do more.
0: Dr. Zaira Nazario, Technical Lead for Quantum Theory and Applications at IBM Quantum. If somebody wants to connect with you, find out more about your work, how can they do that?
1: They um, can follow our Twitter account, um, twitter.com slash and they can also learn um, everything about what we're doing uh, through our website, ibn.com slash quantum computing.
0: Thanks again for joining us. Thank you. Of course. And find and subscribe to more of my interviews right here on all the major podcast platforms under the Tanya Hall Innovation Show and or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.